Good morning and welcome to a special edition of AI Daily where we are going to cover yesterday's big WWDC announcements and all things AI related. And um, But first, we counted up the number of times that they said AI in this event and it is an unprecedented amount of times. The total number of times was zero. Zero times did they mention AI in this event, but repeatedly did they mention things like transformers and neural. They love the word neural uh, and other things that obviously include what we think of as AI. Uh, whether they're LLMs and transformers or vision-based or audio-based. So we're going to get into those right now. Are you boys ready? Absolutely. Of course. Here we go. Our, our first piece is the transformer autocorrect and dictation. Ethan, you want to take this one? Yeah, so it, they've pretty much been implementing transformers to improve autocorrect and improve the keyboard experience and improve dictation. So every time you're interacting with your iPhone across any app, of course, you're using the keyboard. Maybe you're using dictation. If you've seen, you know, we've talked about this. Whisper's been better on a dictation side. People have talked about, hey, how can we improve the keyboard experience? Well, Apple has put it in, of course, without mentioning AI, but they've been implementing transformers on a device level. So now you can have your own autocorrect words. You can use words like ducking and keep it consistent across your experience. So really cool that they're putting this on device, not sending it to a server, just improving the keyboard experience for the iPhone using a mini LLM on device. So do we think transformers on device is new? Actually, they weren't doing any sort of transformers on device before? I don't believe so. Well, it, it, it was ML in the past, but it was more like Markov chains and more simple models. Um, jumping to transformers is pretty big especially because it unlocks the thing that Ethan said of like learning your preferences, like ducking, et cetera. So, yeah. Fantastic. How about the Mac GPU stuff, Connor? What did, what did we see there? Yeah, they introduced the M2 Ultra, uh, faster CPU and GPU. The big thing here for us, of course, is it jumped from 64 to 76 cores in the GPU. And they specifically mentioned that it is actually extremely useful for training transformer models. Um, and I'm assuming other models, of course, too, but big jump for that. So. Yeah, they, they were very specific about saying that. And I, I almost wondered whether that was the sort of thing where maybe like a month or two ago or at the beginning of the year, somebody was like, okay, go through the script for the WWC keynote and pick the places where we want to mention these things that the dev, remember this is WWDC, it's for developers. Uh, where can we add the sentences that tell the developers what we want them to know about our devices without using the word AI? Uh, yeah. Big, big news. Curated Suggestions API for Journal. Journal is a new product uh, from Apple that allows you to sort of create a multimedia journal of your life, like you're journaling or writing in a, writing in a diary. And one, one thing that I thought would be interesting about this is if you think about this combined with Apple's legacy product, which is how you pass on your uh, Apple iTunes account to somebody when you pass away, uh, it would be crazy to think, you know, in 80 years from now, some kid might get their parents' Apple legacy ID and have this multi-decade-long journal that their parent has been creating uh, in their Apple device, which is a really crazy idea to, th to think about and, and super cool. Ethan, anything else about the Curated Suggestions API? Yeah, once again, just in the Apple ethos of privacy, everything is on device. So a bunch of mini neural networks on device that pull your photos and pull your 
messages or any other apps can link into this suggestions API as well and feed into once again, an on device neural network and move into your journal. And like you said, from an application standpoint, I think it's gonna be really fun. Yeah, we've seen these exact kinds of models before, but it doesn't work better. There's no better place for it than having access to your fitness data, having access to your meditation data, having access to your music data. So very good application. No SMSs in there. How about live voicemail? What are we seeing there? This one's really cool to me. This is how I you know, would probably prefer just all of my phone conversations occur uh, via live voicemail. Uh, Connor, can you tell us how that works? Yeah, someone gives you a call, uh, let's say, and they're leaving you a voicemail. If you want to read it, if you want to see if something is a problem, then it live transcribes entirely on device, gets the voicemail data, and shows you Tris on your phone exactly what they're saying in the voicemail. Another neural network that works very well on device, thanks to the neural chip. And you can answer the call midway through the live voicemail. Yep. Mm -hmm. Or just hang up on them. That would be nice, too. Either one. Okay. Uh, Siri, one word, Siri, back-to-back -back commands. Ethan, what's up with Siri? Yeah, so not a huge update to Siri, but a really nice experience update. Once again, just like before on live voicemail, utilizing these new audio transformer models, making it instead of, hey, Siri, you just say Siri, and also being able to say back-to-back -back commands. So they're, I wonder if they're using another small LLM on top to manage these back-to-back -back commands, you know, before you just say, hey, Siri, set an alarm. Hey, Siri, what's the weather? But being able to say, hey, Siri, set an alarm and tell me the weather probably involves some sort of, once again, that small on-device LLM that can split up these two commands and put them back into Siri's normal flow. So really cool experience update, but I think we're going to see more out of Siri in the next year or so. I, I always wonder whether, you know, this seems like it's part of iOS 17, but I, may, I wonder whether the hardware capabilities of the upcoming iPhone are somewhat relevant to features like this, which is to say, assuming a feature like this is backwards compatible with previous iPhones that are on an older hardware, will it work just as well uh, to do Siri on an older iPhone versus Hey Siri on an older iPhone? Don't know, just questions that come to mind because it is, it is pretty neat to see that you can drop the Hey from Siri to just Siri. Absolutely. FaceTime reactions and iMessage stickers. So this is taking a feature that Apple had before where you could long press on an object in a photo and sort of separate that object from the rest of the photo. Uh, and they're allowing you to do that in iMessage. How, how is this going to work, Connor? Yeah, it's always been a very neat feature, being able to get an image of like your dog and then pull out the dog and just a separate image. Uh, now this takes a step forward from that. So the image part is iMessage. You can pull out that picture of your dog or pull out that picture of any subject and then make it a sticker. Uh, this works with still photos. This also works with live photos. And then these stickers, of course, as they showed, you can throw in your messages, throw around different apps. Um, the second, and then the second part of this is FaceTime reactions, where it pulls the subject out of the FaceTime video and shows balloons behind them, shows confetti behind them. It's just another, it's very useful and shows the ubiquitousness of pulling subjects from a photo. Yeah, this is, I think, something where, like, you could do, like, the heart shape here, and then you'd see all these hearts start uh, f flying in. H how is it using ML or AI for that, Connor? Uh, it's probably some sort of control net or some sort of similar model that Apple has proprietary, and it differentiates the subject of who's in frame versus the background and just pulls out this part of the photo and erases the rest. So, yeah, I don't know that we cover this here, but in one of their cool um, 
presentations, they're, they're showing how you can essentially do a keynote um, presentation in FaceTime where it'll sort of like, like a television camera, you know, like a television anchor, it'll put the keynote behind you, but in front of what's, you know, the background. So the keynote would be kind of like floating over here, uh, not in front of my face, but in front of the window and behind my head. And it's just constantly staring at everything that's happening and, and, you know, doing some, some algos to see, to see what it's seeing. Uh, that, that, that's really cool. And how about with the, um, iMessage, sorry, with the, with the, with the photos, pulling that out, how do, how does it use ML or, or AI to separate the, the objects in the photo? The same tech, I'm, I'm sure it's some sort of control nets type model where it knows what the subject is and it knows what the background is and it just erases the background. It keeps the subject, which is what you want. So, yeah, it seems like this is a Apple's hitting its own inflection point where all of the, the various tech and things that they've built over the years to do ML and these different types of algorithms are all starting to fly together now and create more and more features uh, out of it. And, and doing things like jacking up the number of GPUs that are in a device will even accelerate, you know, the different types of things you can do on your devices more than just these software changes. Uh, and so uh, we also have on-device intelligence, AirPods, and AirPlay. Uh, it was a big event yesterday. Tim Cook said the biggest ever, and I, I don't think he was exaggerating. He, he delivered on the biggest ever WWDC. Uh, intelligence, AirPods, and AirPlay, Ethan, what, uh, what are we seeing there? Yeah, Apple's always been fantastic at their audio models. You know, if you've used AirPods, of course, like most of us have, their noise cancellation, their... Um, transparent audio has been fantastic, and they're taking that to the next step. Adaptive audio, personalized volume, conversational awareness. So if you walk up to someone and you start talking to them, you know, instead of fumbling up here and changing back to noise cancellation, it knows from its audio models, hey, you've begun to talk to someone. We should probably lower the volume or switch over to transparency mode. So they've always been really good at these audio models, um, and they might be using some form of kind of audio transformer here as well, like dictation, but fantastic to see them, like, evolve upon just what it means to kind of connect this digital physical world. Do we think that's happening on the AirPod itself or on your iPhone? They have the chips in the AirPods. Um, so I imagine, I'm not sure how much of the neural network is on the AirPod itself. I bet it's on device, but they're, you know, the chips they have in there, I believe, what, what, what do they call that chip? Do you remember? The M1? In the, the AirPod? W1 maybe? Yeah, W1 or something like that. Um, but the efficient streaming of that, you know, that makes it so that anyone doing Bluetooth headphones can't just start doing this. Um, so they do have some proprietary hardware, of course, that allows this. They're, they're, it's like equally mind-bending that the that the ML might be happening in the AirPod or on your phone through the AirPod. <laughs> yeah. not, not quite sure which is more mind-bending, to, to be honest. Uh, it's... We'll just say it's magic uh, until someone tells us otherwise. Very, very cool. And then uh, what about AirPlay? Did we cover the AirPlay one as well? Um, AirPlay is very similar. Um, so uh, improving upon this adaptive audio, being able to put up your iPhone and intelligently know, hey, you know, similar to we do on a Mac right now, but being able to put your iPhone in front of your TV and just intelligently know based on the positioning of your iPhone, hey, it's time to start this FaceTime call. It's time to improve the audio here, et cetera. And so lastly, we saw the amazing Vision Pro announced. 
just one more one more thing, one more big thing. We, we won't dig into every aspect of the Vision Pro here, but we'll, we will touch upon this really cool feature called digital avatars. Connor, can you tell us about the digital avatars and how AI or ML plays a role there? Yeah, so normally when you take a FaceTime call, of course, it, you're showing your actual face. But in the Vision Pro, if you're taking a FaceTime call, they now have these digital personas where... A bit like we saw out of Facebook and their like labs, it reconstructs your entire face based off an initial scan and then based off your eye movements and your mouth movements. And I think a little bit more of like your chin movements or whatever. Um, but it reconstructs your face into an avatar that looks pretty realistic and pretty good. A lot of neural networks going on here. So remains to see if they'll be able to actually ship this, but I'm sure they will. So, yeah. Yeah, maybe like Facebook couldn't come up with your feet. Apple haven't figured out your chin yet. So they've got everything but your chin. There will be no chin in your avatar until we have yeah. chin, chin technology caught up to the rest of the tech. What's cool with these digital avatars too is it's probably some form of like multimodal model. You know, you're bringing in the eye movements, you're bringing in your mouth movements, you're bringing in the audio of your mouth in order to like accurately like transform your mouth into something that's on camera. So probably some sort of, some form of really cool multimodal model taking in all these different data inputs from your face. And that's why this has been such a difficult problem for so long. You know, one of the things that interests me, like I said, is you can look at someone's mouth, but you also should know what they're saying, like the actual audio coming out of it, because that's going to determine how their mouth moves. So Apple's probably got some really cool multimodal model going on, once again, on device that make this possible. I mean, the device has an M2 chip mm -hmm. on it which is crazy. And then it also has the new R1 chip, the R mm -hmm. Reality One chip, which is just the be beginning. And I think it's mainly focused around keeping the latency of the video image uh, down to the 12 milliseconds that they're saying they're able to get, which will ha have a huge impact on making this something that you can wear for a while without getting you know dizzy or nauseous, as mm -hmm. it'll do a much better job of connecting what your ears are experiencing, for example, and what your eye and your, your head movement is experiencing. It's pretty uh, pretty badass piece of technology to see coming out of Cupertino over there. Um, well, all right, let's, let's move on to the what we're seeing section. Uh, Ethan, what are you seeing out there that isn't Reality Pro? Yeah, definitely a lot on Reality Pro. We could talk about it more, but I did get to see that there was a, if y'all saw this, the AI drone kills the human operator. There was a huge fuss around this. You know, DOD was deploying some AI to try to improve, hey, how can we be more offensive with AI? And it's, they, someone made up a huge claim that it started taking out human operators, and then it was taking out the communication network for the human operator. But they did a whole fact check on this, and, you know, as normal with PR of AI doomerism, this was proven to be definitely not that. Um, so always funny to see these types of articles. To be I fair, I called this out news when it, when we shared it internally. My first reaction was fake news. Absolutely. To be fair, if I was the DOD and the story got leaked, I would retract quickly, saying, "Oh, it was just a thought experiment." So incentives on all sides. I guess we we'll, we won't know. You know too much, Connor. No. You know a little too much. <laughs> you may want to lock that front door. Mm. What are you seeing, Connor, besides a bunch of DOD officials outside your door? Yeah, they're, they're, they're worrying to see every time they come knocking. Um, but no, I saw a stable diffusion control net working on QR codes. It was 
pretty neat, pretty interesting. They will show the picture on the side, of course, but it takes a normal QR code and then it control nets it so that instead of just white on black, it's a very picturesque, like mountains or like trees or like a forest. And it really shows a full picture while still being a QR code that's actually functional. Tell people real quick what a control net is and what control netting it means when you say it. Yeah, we, we mentioned control net earlier in the episode too. Control net is where you select parts of an image that have to remain the same, that cannot change on the shape that they are. And then the rest of the image around it and the colors, et cetera, can all change however you prompt Stable Diffusion to change it. So very cool. So it keeps the QR code part and keeps the QR code functional. The rest of the image can be anything. So. Very cool. Uh, all right. For what I saw today, I saw David Deutsch today. That's uh, that was my what I saw today. Uh, I was l- lucky enough uh, and honored enough to do a FaceTime with David Deutsch. And if you don't know who David Deutsch is, he's probably one of the most important physicists and thinkers in human history who were lucky enough to ha- still have, you know, alive and well with us these days. He's uh, famous for inventing quantum computing, uh, that that little thing. And then also the church Turing Deutsch. Uh, principle, which is a principle about the universe and computability and uh, the connection to AI is I was helping uh, David uh, get connected to GPT-4 because he was having some issues getting his GPT-4 up and running. There's lots of different buttons and different things. uh, And, you know, there's differences between paying for the API access and paying for the chat plus access. So there was, I think, a little bit of, um, of, a, of a difference there. And we got him all squ- squared away. And he's, um, he's out there training the LLMs of the future on all of our behalf. I'm very excited to see David and GPT-4 combined. This will be, this will be fun. That is a powerful combination. It's good news for the world. So good news for the world is right. And uh, good news for the rest of you, our episode, or I guess bad news for the rest of you, our episode is drawn to a conclusion here, but we'll be back tomorrow with more exciting news in the AI world. Thank you all for joining us. Thank you, Ethan and Connor and everyone have a great day. Thank you.